Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Martineau. And I'm Mike Campbell. And this is a, definitely a different uh, preview than our normal preview editions. Obviously, Mike's joining us on the mic, which is pretty cool. Um, we're actually recording in Mike's basement right now. But before we preview next week's episode, we do have a couple of items we wanted to cover. And the first is pretty exciting because we're going to have a drawing. And as you may very well know, the New Hampshire Putsid Fest sold out extremely quickly, quicker than ever before. And there's obviously an enormous demand for this event, as there should be. And I volunteered at all of them so far, and they are an absolute blast. But our friends at the New Hampshire Putsid Fest have done the French Canadian Legacy podcast a huge solid and set aside two tickets for fans of the podcast. As for how we are going to give out these tickets. Mike, what are we thinking? It's going to be involved uh, with our Facebook page, liking and sharing the post. We're not 100% sure how we'll do it, but it will be posted in the next couple weeks. So like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash FCL podcast. You'll find details about it within a week or two. And we are giving away a pair all you have to do is probably like, comment on the post, share it with friends for additional entries. Very simple, and you'll be eating Putin like a king. <laughs> we'll have all kinds of Putin. So, yeah, that's the whole idea is we're very lucky New Hampshire Putin Fest crew uh, is taking care of us, uh, giving us these two tickets. And we thought it'd be very cool to be able to give it to somebody who follows us on social media. And again, we're still working out the details, but somehow, some way, if you follow us on social media, you be made aware uh, that you will be eligible uh, for these two tickets, which is very cool. The next thing I think I need to talk about is that Mike and I, a couple of weekends ago, went up to the Rassemblement, which took place up at Orno, the University of Maine. We made the trip. We had an absolutely awesome time. Uh, definitely want to give a couple of my thoughts anyway from the weekend, see what Mike had to think. But uh, first, I wanted to note how awesome everybody was uh, to us up in Orno. We were uh, brand new to this event. <laughs> Mike and I do not have PhDs. We haven't published anything. But the people up there were great to us. And I've since gotten the question from a couple of listeners to the podcast who heard the episode with Susan Panette and were intrigued about the idea of Resemble Mall. they've asked, can normal people go? And I think that's kind of fun. I guess normal people meaning non-academics, because I think we're pretty normal people. We are definitely normal people <laughs> compared to the people that we're presenting. And that, well, the answer to that question is a giant absolutely. Anybody can go to the Resemble Mall, and you should for sure, because it was a blast. And uh, I don't know necessarily if I want to go item by item, because I think we could be here a bit, talking about everybody that presented. But the things that were discussed were super interesting, for sure. I mean, there was a chat about the impact of World War One on the Franco-Americans. There were a number of authors and poets and, art, and artists excuse me, presenting their work. Uh, David Vermette presented some work. I'll talk about his presentation a bit later. Uh, that he had in Manchester. Uh, Patrick Lacroix, whose interview is coming up, he presented. Robert Perrault, who many listeners probably know, read one of his short stories. Uh, actually, we had a chance to record an interview with him while we were up in Orono. And uh, Abby Page, 
another future guest of the podcast presented her incredible new play to an audience for the first time, and Abby's absolutely hilarious. So, what were your thoughts on the resolve moment? It was fantastic. Uh, Susan was nice enough to give us 20 minutes. Right. Every presenter gets 20 minutes. All you have to do was message her, and the 20 minutes are yours. We went up there and talked about the podcast. Jesse talked about the goals of it. We talked a little bit of how it was made. A lot of lot of interest in it. It was a very warm welcome. And they also had a couple of students, I believe three students. Right, presented. right, right, yeah. And one of the students, she wants to become a French teacher. Sure. And she's like, what am, what am I thinking? I'm so nervous <laughs> being up here in front of you and I want to be a teacher. And I thought the same thing. But she, her presentation, she knocked it out of the park. Everyone was fantastic. We hope to get a lot of them on the podcast in future episodes. And in about a month, month and a half, you'll hear the Abby Page episode. Like Jesse said, we got to see her new show. It's amazing. It'll be a must-see once it's out there. And it was just, I, I had a fantastic time. I was nervous at first. <laughs> For sure, me too. They, they welcomed us with open arms. We can't thank Susan enough. Uh, something I definitely thought was super interesting um, was the discussion and the presentations dealing with the theme of the event, which was the ship of culture. And this was based on something we had talked about during the Susan Penn interview, based on the philosophical paradox, the ship of Theseus. Essentially, what is Theseus sailed on the ship, returned to Athens, and the ship was preserved. But over time, the planks rotted and had to be replaced until the point where there were no original planks remaining on the ship. And the question then became whether or not it was the same ship. And this led to a lot of discussion about culture, about what was lost and about what remains. And my thoughts are, and honestly, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this, uh, all over the place, uh, asking a ton of people kind of what their perspective was. And I came to the conclusion that I really didn't know if it was a new ship or the same ship. But I do believe we are very fortunate to be the caretakers of a pretty awesome ship. And while I fully concede that there is something that has been lost, I'm not going to argue with that, I think I would also contend that what remains is actually not inferior. It is just different. And I think I had that, was kind of leading in that direction even before I went to Rizomblimont, and now after Rizomblimont, I absolutely feel that way. The next thing I wanted to touch upon was David Vermette's talk at the Franco-American Center in Manchester on Friday evening. Um, something we had hyped when we had David on our on our podcast and the place was the energy in that room was absolutely awesome there was a ton of people i have no idea what the final number was but it was incredibly well attended i was very very fortunate to be given the the honor of introducing david which was really really cool for me i've been as i mentioned previously i've been following his work for a long time so this was awesome to be able to introduce him at the franco-american center but the crowd was absolutely into it start to finish there was a ton of questions. I mean, I think that could have gone on for 17 hours and everybody in the crowd would have been completely fine with that because the engagement with that audience, despite one of the bigger audiences I've seen for a discussion, it was absolutely awesome. I'm pretty sure David did pretty well, sold a ton of books. So a super fun night, super great event. So I just wanted to, again, thank David again for coming to Manchester because that was really, really cool. Thank everybody for coming out to the Franco-American Center and making just a truly awesome event. And it was cool because I got to hang out afterwards with a whole bunch of people, got to meet new people, um, some who listened to the podcast, got to meet them through the podcast. So that was a really, really awesome time too. Uh, so again, I just want to wrap up and thank everybody who came out for that event. 
Next, as far as the upcoming episode, I was with Patrick Lacroix. And, but that was a super, super interesting conversation. He's a historian. He got his PhD from the University of New Hampshire. He teaches at Phillips Exeter Academy and has the really great blog blog that you have to check out, querythepast.com. Uh, the main theme of this discussion was what was the reality on the ground in Quebec around the 1840s that started to kick off this you know, a massive immigration. And we touched on a number of things. The first thing I thought was pretty cool, which is when does the Franco-American story actually start? Not really sure we have a definitive answer. And what were the factors that led people to want to leave Lower Canada, or, you know, what is now the province of Quebec? They were talked about the population boom. There was a ton of agricultural issues and some changes in agricultural practices. And there were some non-agricultural causes, specifically dealing with the lumber industry. We touched a little bit upon the impact of the seigneurial system. And we talked about some of the uh, pull factors that made the United States a good destination for these immigrants. We asked a question of how many left during this early period. And I discussed how many actually migrated to Canada at this time. We talked about where these initial Canadian immigrants settled. And in this discussion, kind of a sidebar, Patrick mentions the documentary The Home Road. And this is kind of a preview of coming attractions. Absolutely stay tuned because we're going to talk a whole lot more about that documentary going forward. Look it up. It's a great documentary. You should absolutely watch that for sure. How some Canadians, especially early on, moved back and forth across the border. And we talked about the start the formation of what would become Little Canada's. And finally, we talked about the response, or maybe the lack of response, by the government of Lower Canada to all this uh, migration. Overall, super fascinating topic with an absolutely brilliant historian who's actually from Quebec, so provides a really, really unique perspective on all this history for us. So that next week, stay tuned. Full interview, Patrick Lacroix. As for the bonus clip uh, with Patrick, we go back to one of the things we talked about kind of early on in when we first first started recording, which is the pronunciation of names. And this is one I had to make sure to highlight because I thought for sure this one could give me trouble. This week, we're going to talk about, as we have with other guests, the pronunciation of your name, which I think is going to be interesting. How is it that you pronounce your last name, Patrick? <laughs> it depends on where I am. I try to accommodate New Englanders as much as I can when they when they see my name. So in Quebec, where I grew up, it's Lacroix. So Patrick Lacroix. Of course, New Englanders, when they meet me uh, or they see my name, oftentimes what will come up will be Lacroix, and that's fine. I don't object to that. Uh, they're trying their their best based on what they've seen from you know second or third generation New Englanders or Franco-Americans, I should say, but. Something that, uh, and I should mention that my father's from an English-speaking family, despite the name. So his mother was Irish in background. Yep. So he so he grew up speaking English to a great extent. And so it was never, when he would speak, uh, when he would share his name, it would never be Lacroix or Lacroix, at least when I would hear him speaking on the phone or somebody who spoke English. It was Lacroix. So kind of tripping over the R and going straight for that last syllable. So, you know, there are multiple variants on this. And I think that's something that a lot of Franco-Americans have in common, different interpretations of what their name is. 
I think that's absolutely right. I just know even my grandparents with my last name with the funny EAU at the end would introduce themselves differently depending on who the who they were around for sure. Right. All right, very cool. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair to think that everything they love we simply do not share. But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive. Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Each of us must choose how much to keep alive. Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode. This program is recorded at the Conquer TV podcasting studio. The views and opinions expressed during this podcast are not necessarily those of Conquer TV. The producer is solely responsible for its content.